0: Welcome one and all. It is your only good boy radio DJ, Wolf the Dog, and I'm hoping y'all give me some of them good pets for giving you that good news. Well, it's usually bad news, but y'all get it. Remember to keep those radios tuned to 694.2 PTBP if you want to give Wolf the Dog the emotional support he needs to keep on going and trudging through the eternal hellscape that is news and contention. My producer informs me today that we are celebrating being on air for six months. That's crazy as hell, y'all. I thought it'd only been a few days here in contention time. But as we all know, time is an illusion, my babies. But what isn't an illusion is my favorite segment, Howlin' with Wolf. This week's Howlin' with Wolf comes from a listener named James W. who emailed us at pretendingpod at gmail.com. Seems they were able to find some audio that is addressed to the police department here in contention.
1: Well, howdy, boys. My name's Jim Hammer. I'm the mayor of Texas. I just want to say I've been listening to your uh, radio program, and I want to extend my help to some boys out there who doing some good in the world. If you ever need anything, I could give you a place to hide got an underground bunker system out here. Ted Cruz is currently hiding in there from uh, some vigilante justice groups. Uh, Mostly coming after him for that beard he's growing, but you know, also (laughs) being the Zodiac Killer and whatnot. But anyways, come on down if you need help. I could maybe even pardon you for your uh, crimes and such if you need it. Just remember you got a friend out here in Texas.
0: Bye! Thanks Jim Hammer, Mayor of Texas, for reaching out. Hey Jim, no reason, but if your good sweet boy Wolf the Dog got himself in some hot water here in contention, is there any room in that bunker for a little dog like Wolf? This week, we have a special presentation here on 694.2 PTBP Contention's newest and only radio station, we are going to broadcast a recap episode with listener Q&A from a podcast called Pretending to be People. They have asked me to point out that their show is serialized and there will be spoilers in this discussion. So head on back to episode one, when I was but a wee baby, my babies. But first, and always... It's kudzu with no backbone. It kudzu with no backbone. I got it. Uh, <clears throat> it's kudzu with no Backbone. It's, it should should working at that. I think I'm gonna turn this here now. Me 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 there's me 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 burm Không,
2: burm. Burm apple, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pretending to be People. I am sitting in this room with Thomas, Luke, Joe, and Justin. For the first time, all five of us are in the same room. And today we are releasing a special presentation. Thank you so much, uh, you know Wolf, for having us on your program. We are here to release a Q&A episode from questions that we've received from listeners. And the reason that we are doing this, one, obviously, to connect with the community. Uh, you guys are uh, growing out there, and uh, we really like interacting with all of you. Very excited about uh, what's in store for the show. And we are here to release this Q&A episode as a sort of like a thank you. Uh,
3: a thank you and a, a a kind of launch for our Patreon. A taste. A, yeah, a taste of what you're going to get on the Patreon, extra content. But we were kind of blown away by the response we've gotten so far to this podcast. It's and blown my mind, honestly. So we want to give you guys more.
2: It's made me just so rock fucking hard. <laughs> I can't explain to you guys. It's
3: really difficult to be around Zach now because of his raging erection.
2: It's visible at all times. I like it that way, and it's all thanks to all of you. His, I think his wife
3: has tearfully confessed to me that she can't be seen in public with Zach anymore. His head has visibly grown, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much blood in the dick. I've had to get some of it rushes back up to the head. I've had to get new hats, it's been an issue. <laughs> but with, with your
2: Patreon
3: subscriptions, you can buy quick. new hats.
2: Hopefully that is the goal. We are trying to raise money for new hats for my giant fucking head
3: <laughs> Luke you are the only speaking of big heads You're the only one who's complained to me in public about people coming up to you about the podcast <laughs> I, It's not a complaint. It's you know it literally somebody talked to us and you were like it's so annoying when that happens <laughs> I don't think I said so annoying I just it has happened
4: quite a bit, but I do go out more then Luke will, the rest uh, Luke will take true. Luke will take
2: pictures with you for sure if you see him out. It'll for be five dollars.
4: No, <laughs> it'll be free for me. Uh, but the rest of the crew, if you want them in, um, <laughs> we'll put that on the Patreon. And we'll figure so, it out.
2: Yes, we are launching a Patreon. <laughs> Uh, This is honestly, uh, to be completely frank, it is to keep the show going. It's true. I and we spend so much time working on this show to give you guys the quality content that we think that you deserve. And real quick,
3: Zach completely makes this podcast what it is. Yeah. His editing, his attention to detail, all the work he puts into this makes it the podcast you love. Uh, So not to get too NPR on you guys, but like we need to make it a job for him like it needs to it needs to he puts
5: many many hours into it and
3: we uh,
4: we take a little bit of time out of our days to edit a little bit but it's mostly zach doing this like for you and for us it's a joy
5: and on top of doing all the you know technical editing stuff he's running the game and writing the game so it's it's he's he's pulling triple if not
2: quadruple duty (laughs) it's so much fun i really enjoy it i want to keep doing it I want to make it. I uh, I want to make this campaign something special. Uh, we've run some really fun campaigns in the past with this group, and I really think that this one can uh, take the cake and really we can make some memorable moments. Um, but it takes a lot of time. It does. It does. And so we would really appreciate uh, you guys supporting us and um, check it out. We'll put a link in the episode notes. I can't believe I just said that. That's. Ugh. All right. Well, it's, we're like a real podcast. Yeah, now. I think we're making a. I think we're making a podcast now. All right. Well, uh, let's get to some questions. Uh, we were. Uh, I was certainly blown away by the amount of questions that we received
3: and the level of insight in the questions.
2: Absolutely. So with y'all that, are smart. Yeah. With that being said, let's start with a question from D. Tratara on Instagram. Uh, you know, just some listener I've never met. Uh, no one we know he lives in canada apparently what a weirdo yep he asks i
3: wouldn't have liked to stand next to him
2: at your wedding <laughs> he asks what do you think of the notion that technological advancement has rendered selfhood artificial therefore making one's identity changeable and plural now can, i did Can i can
3: I actually field this one
2: yeah actually yeah go for it uh, dakota Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I asked Dakota to uh, elaborate, and he said, "Well." It's evident digital technologies affect both the social and cultural spheres. As individuals present themselves across different social media platforms, they are able to construct various versions of themselves, i.e. bringing to the mainstream postmodern ideas, such as the self being constituted by multiple discourses and structures. Simultaneously, the technologies that allow for us to enact ourselves in cyberspace also allow for greater monitoring of our activity. Thus... The projection of ourselves that we voluntarily put out across these sites can be aggregated into a, quote, data double of ourselves, providing those with technological means to collect such data and a complete picture of who we are.
3: How many times did you come while you were jacking yourself off there, Dakota? Does. (laughs) Hopefully at least once. <laughs> is the question
4: he's asking, like, are we the same on the podcast as we are in real life? Go ahead and answer that one. I would say, yeah. We're very bad cops in real life, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, our, like, personalities. Like, yeah, I, I don't think we really try to change anything up for it. Like, we just brought what we have to the table. and Well, you do that voice.
3: <laughs> Luke's character voice is pretty intense. His, his famous character voice. Hit us with that Keith Vigna voice. What's up, everybody? <laughs> oh man, man. It's, it's like he's in the room.
2: Where's <laughs> Luke? I'm,
4: I'm I'm Keith Vigna now.
2: Follow-up question: Will you ever do a character voice uh, if I get a new character? <laughs> I think that's coming pretty soon. I uh, so and it'll sound like this. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good starting point. Dakota also asked, uh, "What do what we? Uh, uh, oh, We've got an."
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it seemed like end, good, yeah, end. while it was not at a point, it seemed like a good
2: time to burp. Absolutely, we've got another question from "Fucks Up Invoker Combos." What, what does that mean?
3: It's got to be a video game thing, but I don't think I play those kind of video games.
2: All right, well, he would love to know, or she would love to know. They would love to know how Zach prepares for scenario, campaign, and session. Luke, do you want to
3: take this one? Yeah, I'll take this one. (laughs) He doesn't, basically. No. No.
2: How does he approach making a new story? How far ahead does he plan? How much is fleshed out before they start playing? How much does he prepare between sessions? And how much is improvisation? So I'll start it out. um, (laughs) (laughs) The answer to this question is, Dude, I
4: really have no idea. All I know is that he does a lot. So well, we I'll, should, I'll hand it over to- uh, We should
3: ask Zach
5: about this. Zach, should Zach probably, would know about this. Yeah. Oh, wait, real sure. quick, Joe. Joe, what do you what think? What do you think? Uh, it's pretty obvious that Zach would be the one to answer this. I agree.
4: I agree. <laughs> Isn't this podcast about subverting <laughs> expectations? Hey, Justin, Justin, do you want to hop in on here real quick? And, and what, what do you think?
1: Zach Facebook messaged me and he says he spends very little
2: time- on this, he just wants
1: that painting money, prepared, for you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, to actually
2: answer the question, this is a, you know kind of a big question. I would say, uh, but I will uh, tell you that before we started recording... for a big boy. I am a big boy with big answers for big questions, and my name's Zach. A big Butch Boy. Are you ready for this Big Butch Boy to answer your Big Butch questions? I want to hear it. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm working I, on my I new character that. voice. I love that new character <laughs> voice. After our last campaign finished up, I knew I had at least like two months to start writing something new, and we had... Realized at the end of playing our last campaign that we wanted to record our next one for posterity's purposes. I began writing, and I took inspiration from a lot of a uh, lot of different things. But I knew that what we know is uh, small town life. Uh, I feel like we consume a lot of con- content from that setting we've watched smallville exactly we know (laughs) and i'm from ozark missouri yeah so. so that's number two is that we live in missouri and i wanted to play a campaign in that setting we'd never done that before delta green is mostly a game where you're dealing in government agencies and really highfalutin stuff that is like very redacted and high. uh, You have to have a high clearance uh, to get that information. So I wanted to play with small town cops. I thought that would be really fun. And it turns out (laughs) it was. uh, So with that being said, I began to uh, build a plot. I knew that I wanted to mix in rules from pulp Cthulhu with this campaign because I read the source book and it fucking blew me away. I was so into it from the very beginning, actually like two years ago or maybe a year ago when it first came out, I, for my birthday ran one of this, one of the scenarios from the back of the pulp Cthulhu book. And it was a shit show. Uh, Thomas and Justin were both there and, I, I mean, we just drank too much. It was a birthday celebration. But I think uh, Justin and Thomas's characters ran off <laughs> to meet Ernest Temingway. because he owed. Oh, is it that one? Yeah. Oh, oh that, that was, was a good time. I was there it was for that a one good time. Too. We but made some then people I, very upset.
1: I'm I was in the too hotel? drunk to realize how me and Thomas got. Uh, but, you and I had we we got a really very upset. Great time. <laughs> we, we wanted the story to go a certain way that no one else maybe well, did in the
3: room. <laughs> We were just like, wait, why are we here? Of course it's to fuck around for 15 minutes each turn while we're really drunk. Like, okay, so that's how good (laughs) Zach is at this shit. He when you're really it, drunk, yeah. we kind of forgot that it was a DM situation. We were just being these assholes.
2: It was an extremely fun game. But I fell in love with Pulp Cthulhu right then and there from having all the different talents and the uh, sanity losing uh, skills that would arrive with sanity loss was really cool. So I wanted to throw those in. So I started the writing this campaign with the items. That's interesting. I really liked the... Uh, Rules for the different like magical items, but I wanted to put it in a more Delta green setting. So I Started with the items that were in the trunk and I built the story out from there. There are about 35 characters Uh, that live in contention and in the city, and they are all independent of each other with their own motives. And I change their wants and needs and motives based on everything that happens with these three police officers. So basically, I have a doc sheet where I have all the different characters listed, and then I change how the actions of these boys affect them week to week to decide how the story should progress the next week. As you've seen, I have uh, what I learned from good friends of Jackson Elias. They call them bangs, I think. Somebody calls them bangs, Um, which are basically just things that you throw in into a scenario and you force your players to deal with them. Uh, so I've used, uh, I basically wrote out all these different characters and what they're going through. And then I write bangs each week.
3: What's an example of a bang that's happened so far in the story?
2: So far in the story, obviously spoilers, uh, in this episode, if you haven't listened to any of the podcasts up to this point, then stop listening. Yeah. Go back to episode one. This is a chronological show. Should we record a little tag saying that right at for the start? I'll have Wolf the dog do it.
3: Nice. Yes. No. Uh,
2: <laughs> so I'll make oh, Justin do oh, it.
4: Wolf's we, gone we, Hollywood. Yeah, we, we, I think we still keep him in the basement. So uh, so spoilers.
2: All right, Where were we? You um, can't let him see the full moon. An example <laughs> of a bang. An example of a bang is the body of John Peters falling onto your car. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so that was going to happen no matter what we yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there are certain okay, things right, like in yes. storytelling, it's like, would it be uh, more realistic in this super unrealistic setting for that body to fall not on one of your cars probably but it's a game it's and it's a story cooler. and it's way cooler if it falls on oh, your yeah, fucking and that's, car
3: that's not something i've ever even questioned as sure a player. yeah totally
2: so that is uh that is basically how i pre- prepare uh the scenario has seeds uh that i wrote two years ago yeah before the campaign started probably I mean, when did we start when, you, when you think what month of what okay did, so we started recording in december of 2017, 2017 oh so my god yeah right been, yeah okay it's, it's been, been a while man, man. um so we started yeah recording in december of 2017 so i probably started writing this in october of 2017 and some of the things that i've written have not come up yet in the show wow well i'd hope so <laughs> So, I have a lot planned. Uh, I have a lot of moving parts that I deal with, and that is how much is fleshed out before they start playing. So,. Uh, for each session, I try to brush up on what the people around them in their area might be doing. And then if they try to go somewhere that I'm not ready for, I throw a fucking dead body on their car.
3: <laughs> yeah. You, um,
2: Oh, did you guys want to really oh, <laughs> yeah, was, go to the mill? Kept us away from that
3: mill. Oh, did you want to go to
2: the mill? Kept go to the mill and then um, it came up and, you can abandon any responsibilities at any point in time and go anywhere. But I tried to make the responsibilities pretty top priority. <laughs>
3: that is what I've realized now that it's just like. If he does that, just go to the mill. <laughs> <laughs> just go oh, to the oh. mill. Chief Maggie's house is on fire. She's burning alive. We well, don't care. By. We're going to the mill. One <laughs> thing.
4: Uh, one thing. I. It's not really. It kind of has to do with the question, but like as far as like preparing for stuff, me and Joe and Thomas, you know, when we would be recording an episode, like we would go back through and like see what we'd done prior to recording that episode
5: so before we record zach usually writes up a little uh overview of what we did last time and that he has us be sure to read that before we start recording for the next session that helps keep it all fresh in our mind
2: i sent an overview to everyone of everything that happened, and I sent individual overviews for times when they were the only one in the room. And usually, we would read those as soon as we got to your house, and then we would to record <laughs> right, the next yeah. session.
4: Mm-hmm. And Joe, Joe would read them three times. And this, then,
3: <laughs> so this also brings up something that is kind of one of the uh, reasons I thought we should have an episode like this. We recorded this, like he said, we started in December 2017. The episode you just heard was recorded in November or December 2018. We did this all over the course of the year, so if there's ever any time where... We don't know what's going on in the podcast. Like you're like screaming at your microphone or not your microphone.
2: <laughs> oh, you're just making excuses yeah, now. Oh, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, so no, we I thought
3: are- this whole Q and A would just to be about excuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's why
2: we're here's so why. Bad. Yeah, we are but in, so sorry. There
3: would there would be uh, significant time gaps between recording. So different ma- Thomas episodes. moved
2: away for like three months. Right yeah. uh, after yeah, right, we recorded the first that.
3: sessions, I was just gone for a while. If there's ever anything
4: super frustrating. That you hear, that's like, why the fuck don't they know that? It's, it's probably, probably we, just because they're stupid. Or yeah. why
3: are they making that super outdated cultural reference? Uh, yeah, that's that was probably. that was a personal like. I was listening to episode like we we do some editing on our own tracks, and I was listening to myself once, and I was like, well, that's a fucking meme from like October. Like that's bullshit. <laughs> Um, Stale (laughs) Stale
4: Yeah and the last episode uh, I think we mentioned Like Yeah it's a kid from mid 90s And I'm like That happened a little while ago That was a while ago ago. (laughs) Yeah I still
3: haven't seen mid 90s
2: It's fine It's a it's a. Oh wait
3: no The one I really need to see Is 8th grade
2: Yes and I Uh, haven't seen That one either It was May 7th 2019 Right now When we're recording this And we haven't seen 8th grade Yeah so I I have seen both of those movies I'm sorry listeners But anyway Let's go to another question Which rules are they using From Pulp And which are native To Delta Delta Green I'll field this one we are playing Delta Green mechanics except for we have abandoned the bonds mechanic and we have picked up the luck rules from Pulp Cthulhu we are planning Ooh, spoiler spoiler alert for spoiler for the next episode we are going to add in some talents from Pulp Cthulhu oh very cool I'm very excited about this.
3: That's that's exclusive to us too, listeners.
2: Let's move on. We've got a question from Crush36. Real quick, shout out to Crush36. Awesome, Crush awesome 36. fan. Best fan. Thank you so much. Crush36 created a subreddit for pretending to be people, and it has freaked me out in a very good way mm-hmm. i once said when we first started recording i think maybe the very first episode we were talking about goals of this podcast and we thought i think that we would make it maybe 10 episodes in probably before we stopped however that didn't happen and uh, someone made fan art and it was i was about to say um, yeah. we had our
3: first fan art crush that was...
2: crush did a, uh,
5: a sketch of clark And boy, was that cool to see! It was, it It was pretty awesome.
3: It was that was really awesome. Like uh, Mr. Leahy meets Dale Gribble. Yeah, it was good. Oh
5: my God, yeah. And it was uh, very, very, very similar to what I had pictured for sure. Oh wow, yeah, very similar. I pictured him a little fatter. That was the only difference. Interesting. (laughs) I
3: pictured him a little younger, but I really liked the image I saw. I was like, oh shit, he he
5: got he got the balding thing perfect. That's exactly what I was picturing. That's funny because
2: Taylor said that she pictured Clark Bishop with hair, but I guess she did. Role play with a uh, a younger a Clark. younger yeah. Clark Bishop who probably had hair. Well,
3: uh, also I just pictured <laughs> Clark Bishop as Kenneth from Thirty Rock as Jack McBrayer. <laughs> oh.
2: No, that's Drew. Drew's Kenneth. Uh, that's
3: yeah, true. That's true. That's true. Dude,
2: fat. What's his name? Shit, Jack McBrayer. Yeah. Well, but, like, okay. So
3: if 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 Andy Richter had Jack McBrayer's oh, personality, that awesome. that's what I'm thinking Ooh. of. For, yeah, for, uh, that is incredible. But, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: it was when I when
4: I saw that on the subreddit, I was like dope. We have fan art now. Like That's fucking It blew
2: me away. It made all of the time and effort that I put into this really feel like... It's heartwarming. It was extremely heartwarming. Uh, But anyway,
4: shout out out to Crush36. Sorry,
2: Crush36 asks, how far from the original storyline and vision have the boys wandered? Did major plot points have to get sacrificed to the altar of improv? Yes. A lot. (laughs) Uh <laughs> next like, one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the question. No. The answer is a lot. <laughs> uh no, for real. Is, yeah, is there
3: anything you can tell us about that without <sighs> being too spoiler? Because I mean, obviously as players, that's something I really want to know.
2: Okay. Here is the truth. We got together for a session zero two months after I had began writing this entire campaign and we got together we had already been talking about characters and we'd already been talking about setting but we were going to meet and record on mic which i think we have recorded still us talking about what the characters were going to be what the setting was going to be we, we built the town we yeah. built the town i had a list of different kinds of businesses that would exist in a small town and we went and through we kind of came up with well, and funny we, yeah, names we, for yeah we, we
4: spent a, a, a long time just town building like just
2: world building world building yeah which is god so much fun
3: was that okay uh oh god uh, this would be a more informed question if i could remember the name of the system but do you know that uh that sci-fi rpg where everybody builds the world together that's like the original one, right? The old yeah, school where one. Yeah. you can die during. This is a pretty right? light one where everybody kind of rolls some things and all the players help build the system. I was wondering if it was inspired by that at
2: all. It super wasn't. Uh, I've just been. Listen- <laughs> <laughs> I've just been listening to a lot of different people talking about playing RPGs. I've been listening to a lot of different actual plays, and I really. Took from them the idea of coming together for a session zero and world building. You
5: also mentioned at the time that it would help us to have a familiarity with yes, the area, kind right. of built. In, and it is awesome. I I really right liked.
4: now, I'm looking at the map of contention hung up on
3: the wall it in the is, room yeah, that we're recording in. We've posted a, a few times on social media the map of contention, but we did have one drawn out. Uh, it's, it's huge, the map that Zach made. And he would point to where things were going on for us in the episode.
2: Yeah, because the map was really important to me uh, from the beginning. If you're playing in a small town, I thought it'd be really fun to see where everything is. And Pages, yeah. clinkers. Yeah, yeah, all these different places. And uh, thankfully, we have uh, Justin, who plays Wolf the Dog and does the soundtrack for Pretending to be People. Real quick. Give it up for Justin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You guys are too sweet.
2: Uh, Somebody did ask the question. Oh, Brendan DePinto on Facebook asked, how long did it take to create the map? And so, I mean, I made the original sketch of the map, but recently, uh, a couple weeks ago for those listening, but like two days ago for us, we posted the map of contention that Justin made.
1: So basically I had Zach just send me a high res copy of the map, like taking a picture of it. And then I taught myself Adobe illustrator so I could make said map as high resolution as possible because I really like whenever he would post stuff and he'd be like, this is where this episode is taking place. But I also wanted it to be like higher quality and a little more character added into it so it took me like six hours or so to make it something like that because i was also trying to learn a program
2: the splashylvania logo
4: it's it's the perfect. best thing on there dude. so <laughs> it's fucking great. cool if yeah, you I, haven't looked at it yet zoom in on that because basically i uh took the like water the wave
1: aesthetic and like added that in and then just added these big huge vampire chompers on top of and it's, it it's incredible it gets me it's going great it and it, it was really fun to create little icons for all of these weird places in contention. Kind of like a video game map almost is what I was thinking. And that's that's exactly what it is. And it's like
3: perfect. I think about this it's San like, Andreas. A, like a video game. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, all video games essentially come out of the tabletop like absolutely. early RPGs. So, so right
2: back to the uh, major plot points that have gotten sacrificed. In that session zero, we were talking about the map and i was telling you guys about the piston junkyard because i knew that was going to be a place that we were going to go to pretty much right away uh speaking of bangs very first bang in the whole show is a call from julie maxwell yeah says there's a dead body in the piston junkyard that's a bang boom and so the story begins during that session zero I said, yeah, and there's a junkyard right here, and it sits on an old mine. And Thomas said, oh, is the super dark evil at the bottom of the old mine? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, I have to write this. It it would have made
3: things a lot easier for us if I had just shut up.
2: (laughs) So then I rewrote the entire campaign idea. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I had because, not even
2: thought about that. Because the evil the evil was at the bottom of the mine. <laughs> but now it's not. Uh cool. and I like that. So, good job Thomas for punching up the uh the whole campaign during In session 0. <laughs> You're welcome. So stuff like that, obviously. But uh, once we got into the show, like I said before, I have all these different moving parts. So uh, they basically interact with a fully working town in my mind.
3: So that was a um, kind of improv out of the campaign as has anything that major happened in the campaign?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, we have to mention Keith's pants every once in a while, just remind people <laughs> uh, well, that, that's, uh, how big that's, they are. But I'm that's saying plot is points no. that
3: we came up with organically, but like, have you not a, even a plot point? That's just a bit, but like, <laughs> yeah. um, but nothing you've planned has been super changed by our actions.
2: Oh, I, uh, every single thing that you do changes where the story goes. Cause I don't have a awesome. story in mind. I only have people. And people who want things. And so the story isn't already written. You guys are the ones basically making that happen. So cool. I will say the most affected is every little thing that you mentioned about your characters. Every little detail goes into my little book about your backstories, which you've given me. Basically, full realm to just go haywire on. It's kind of like the real book you keep on all of us as friends. Exactly, <laughs> right. which uh, I I heard that you found. and Thomas so, told me all about um, it. And, uh,
5: I was flattered. Thank
2: yeah, you. So much. I, like it. I, I liked things. what I read in there. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> you were so
3: complimentary of all of our feet. Uh, that's why I don't take my shoes off at Zach's
4: house. Anyway.
5: <laughs> I just don't think about him that much myself, but I'm so glad you've noticed. He
3: likes the smell. (laughs) You guys were just born with great feet. What can I say? Thanks. You too. Um, I am going to need a heat break and a pee break, if that's
2: okay. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, We will be right back after this word from our sponsors.
3: This is Al from Al's Tires. I don't want to waste too much of your time. We have good tires and good service at good prices. Come on down and see us if you feel that's appropriate thank you. Here at Burgatory, we put three simple things into every meal we serve. Quality ingredients, service with a smile, and unquestioning faith in our undying Lord, Jesus Christ. We cook our patties the old-fashioned way, medium or above. It's all undefined gray area here at Burgatory. Time is running out to indulge in our monthly specials for May. We're celebrating Cinco de Mayo with our seven-layer dip and the Holy Guacamole Burger. Don't forget to tell your amigos. Burgatory come spend some time with us al from al's tires here again just wanted to let you know we're located just outside of contention on rural route 6 if you pass the tiger sanctuary you've gone too far come on down and see us if it's not too much out of your way thank you
2: All right, and make sure to get the product that was featured in that last advertisement.
4: I love that product. I use it all the time. It's an
2: extremely good product. I'm using it.
4: I'm either wearing it or using it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Product make me happy, boy. That product makes me extremely happy. I don't buy product.
2: We got a question from The Robert Shippey on Instagram. He asks Luke, Why? Because it's fun.
4: (laughs) I love it. Uh, You know, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be doing this. Luke,
3: (laughs) you know other people exist, right?
4: Yeah, and I I try not to do anything that is too detrimental to anyone else's fun, but, you know.
3: (laughs) You never do anything detrimental to our
4: fun. I'm playing a game to have fun. And I'm gonna do it for fun, you
2: know. It's uh, it's only added joy to the group dynamic.
4: You know, I'm not playing a
3: Doctor Denny Dennison. That guy was much more disruptive to the group.
2: <laughs> he was. Uh, Luke's last character was named Doctor Denny Denison, aka Worm Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was... I
4: hated pretty much everything about him. I was I was a doctor for a cult. Uh... I had a scat fetish. Yep. That, oh, was, I de- that about was that, that, that was that,
3: that was triggered by that a, was developed through disorder, the game. Yeah. yeah.
4: That's not. I didn't plan it that way, but it happened.
3: Overall, just really. But you really, really ran with
4: it. Overall, just really
3: creepy. I
2: terrible actually character. specifically remember the first time that you acted out your sc- scat fetish. You actually stood up in my kitchen in the dining room. Uh, and you stood up and fully charade played out your like interaction with a toilet and then i think perhaps masturbating to completion and,
3: and then that, he shat on that. your cat <laughs> well not
4: yeah that, all that's true <laughs> Later until that the night. cat thing um but no yeah my he was a doctor for colton you know <laughs> So obviously that comes with the territory. So yeah, uh, what Keith, was the
2: question? Oh, Keith. Keith why? Yeah, <laughs>
4: Keith Vigna is a <laughs> a pretty tame character for yeah, right, you most of the it ca- in. <laughs> well, most of the other characters I've played have uh, Keith is pretty tame. I just I like I like playing a character that is, you know, not all. Not all there.
2: Yeah. I think you're uh, doing it very well. I remember specifically when we were coming up with character ideas, you had this giddy fucking look on your face (laughs) and you came up to me and you're like, (laughs) I'm playing an idiot. And I was like, all right. Well, Which is easy for me to do if the listeners don't know
3: <laughs> Luke is literally right now uh, He's saving up for a system of a down tattoo That's <laughs> not a joke Yeah that is completely true he's He was gonna... also
2: his high school valedictorian I was, I gave a speech at graduation <laughs> He went to school
4: with a bunch of dumbasses That's not true, I graduated uh, class of like fi- 453 I think Oh
2: I thought you were going to say like 4 or 5 no,
4: 453, <laughs> top of my class Like you didn't know whether there are
2: four or five people in your graduating class.
4: I'm book smart,
2: not (laughs) smart. (laughs) That's not what you are. (laughs) We've got another question here from, uh, I don't know how to say this, maybe Oomph. I like Oomph. Oomph. Uh, OMF dash uh, on Reddit asks, did Zach offer up insane options, selling coke, killing your brother, uh, thinking the guys wouldn't do it? I love the fact that the guys are kept in the dark on these solo side missions. Second question, oh, no, sorry. Not second question. I love the fact that these guys are kept in the dark on these solo it missions. Start it over. I already did. Um, yeah, he
3: That's the whole thing over again. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Dude. Luke's the producer I, now. Uh, look at me, I'm the captain now. like, I could just tell you didn't get what you needed, so you need to do it all Zach. again. Do it, do it again. Do it. Do it better. But do it, yeah, do it good this time. Do you know that we all demand perfection of ourselves as our characters? And you're just here flubbing these fucking pre written questions?
2: Did Zach offer up insane <laughs> options? Selling coke, killing your brother, thinking the guy. Did Did Matt you- Bessers <laughs> <Okay>. Björk. <laughs> okay. It's Matt Bessers Björk, okay. sorry. <laughs> uh tmtm TM. uh so basically uh yes i uh, i offered them up thinking that they would make things more interesting that's for sure um i didn't know that they would perhaps follow through with these things or whether they would help each other do them um thomas i certainly expected to at least ask for keith vigness help uh to sell the cocaine perhaps uh but I, I really didn't know.
3: You, you misinterpreted our character development.
2: Clearly, uh, I don't really listen to the show.
4: No, why would you? <laughs> because I don't think I like to think that we're all friendly with each other. But I don't think that Keith and John are f- friends. Not really. the <laughs> best friends for
2: sure. No, and also now that I'm saying it out loud, he is the worst person you could bring in on a drug deal.
3: Well, but on this particular drug deal, he might have been. A pretty interesting addition, which is, I guess, why you did that. Clark, Clark wouldn't right. do
4: it. Keith would, but he'd probably fuck something up. Yeah, so uh, I think
3: it was a smart for you to just do it by yourself. I also just wanted five million dollars for my character, <laughs> no doubt, and, and not two point five.
2: I uh, certainly—that's wrong, right? Well, you brought Drew in, and <laughs> that would he's be four probably, people. I think Drew was probably the best option to bring in. I mean, you alluded to the fact that it it would have been a much different encounter. If Keith Vigno would have been there when the Duke came to sell the that would cocaine. have been awesome. I should have asked oh, well, Keith for yeah, help because that was my brother. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, so we can actually get into the question uh, now that someone asked, do the players ever listen back to the podcast? Or is that something you don't do to keep yourselves in the dark about the things you don't know? I mean, that's up to you guys to answer.
5: I definitely don't listen to the other guys' stuff, except just recently, Zach gave us permission to hear some of our uh, solo mission stuff because we were kind of far away from it in playtime.
3: Exactly, yeah.
5: It wasn't going to affect our roleplay at that point. Yeah. And it was really, really cool. <laughs> yeah,
4: I I think we kind of left it up to Zach. We were like, is it okay, is it okay we, to listen to this? Should we listen like, to this, yeah. And uh, I think, like, for the most part, what we had recorded so far, uh, he... You know, he was like, there, eh, were, there were certain
2: weeks where I'd say, don't listen to the dreams that other people are having. Right. And then other weeks where I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it uh, was also you, like, It came out in game recently that John had done that drug deal. Marvin Glass clearly yeah. accused him of it. And you guys immediately, you know, bought into the idea and then at that point. And same
3: with me of killing my brother. I'm pretty sure no one had any clue that no. John was in on that. I think he no. denied that pretty well. Well,
4: that was the thing like, up. Uh, up until uh, until recording this right now oh well,
3: well that I mean in the last episode where John's just like no <laughs> yeah
4: well yeah up until recording this we didn't like recording uh, yeah, anything else no up clue. until
3: this right now we had no
4: clue what each other were doing exactly. during the recording right yes.
5: that's something Zach requested but it's also I I find it a lot of fun to be in the dark oh, about yeah. what it guys are doing it is super fun it as leads, a player it leads to a bunch of really great role play well, moments because
4: that yeah. was that was like you know now, now I do know you know that Coke deal and you guys know that well, that it was your brother doing the Coke deal, like right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like
5: that was a reveal. We were all excited. Yeah, it,
4: it, yeah that surprised like, that us all. One yeah. Hit Everyone. Yeah,
3: yeah it yeah, was. was cool. It was
4: awesome to to know that. But uh, I think Zach, you mentioned going
3: uh, in the future, going into it, we're gonna do. We got the- a little lax as we we're releasing episodes, but I think it's it'll be more closed
2: yes from here on forward it's going to be uh just as closed as it was last time in the sense that while we're recording sessions you guys won't be able to listen to each other's side parts um within the context of the game i think everyone's pretty well aware of the deaths of keith Vigna and clark bishop and with the look what? rules <laughs> what? zach what what <laughs> And uh, and I mean, to be completely frank, John Lee Pettimore is in the den of Marvin Glasp. So do you think he's going to last super long? We'll see. However, I have made, uh, I've basically like all things with this story. I have folded in what happens into the future. And so the fact that the guy, these guys have listened to certain things, I will make sure that story wise, it makes sense that their characters know them if that makes sense. You'll figure it out next week or the week after. The
3: the only thing you specifically uh, expressed regret about is that we listened to some of Clark's recent things.
2: Yes. Uh, Clark being inducted into the circle of knowledge is something that Thomas and Luke now know, but the characters they're playing do not. So that is one of the things that I am going to attempt to figure out a way to let their characters know without, while folding that into As the As we plot.
3: start releasing much closer to when we're actually recording, that'll be a lot easier to manage. It'll just be For a matter sure. you'll be saying don't listen to their section this week. Yep, exactly. Because, I mean, we, we had, before. what,
4: 27, 28 episodes recorded until just <laughs> now <laughs> yeah. that yep. we had to get through. So that's weeks of stuff, so. Yeah. I hope we're still good at role-playing. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of lost interest in it honestly. Yeah, it's not my <laughs> bag anymore. I'm more into Red uh, Red Dead and Apex right obviously, now. Like,
2: yeah. Uh, weaving Uh what hardware and software do you guys use? Uh we actually just upgraded our microphones.
3: Yeah, this this very episode This here
2: very episode you're listening to, we should got we, ourselves some sh- new microphones.
4: Should we say out loud what it is or should we wait for no, the sponsorship
3: man, and, and until we know that <laughs> they don't suck? And until they give us money, we shouldn't. Oh, let's tell.
2: So we're super excited about that. Hopefully uh, it'll cut down on the editing time for me and also make the listening experience better for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't,
5: don't. <laughs> <laughs> to answer the actual question, we, these are uh, Samsung, uh, Samsung, not Samsung, Samsung Q2U's. My Just
3: headphones. for this episode, yeah, dude. that's that's not what we recorded on until this point. No, nope. uh, so previously
2: that can be a fun mystery for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will tell you. Previously, we were recording on the shittiest SM58 clones. Yeah, they were knockoff. They were yeah. trash mics, and, and that's what I've got right now. You Idiots I forgot said you love house. the audio quality. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> peasants uh so hopefully we'll be able to uh take it up another notch uh in the old quality section software wise we record into a Tascam digital porta studio 2488 neo that i have had in my home for four years uh that belongs to justin's dad yeah, he, want, he wants it back sometime, probably. <laughs>
1: my dad, every like six months, will be like, Where's my Porter studio at? What's and I'm he doing like, with it? He's not doing anything yeah, with ju- it. He Justin, just is like, What if I want to record a whole jazz album by myself? What
3: if I want a
4: podcast? Justin, what's your dad's name? He, he can come over don't here and docks, it. Don't dox your don't dad. I dox
2: Justin, yeah. <laughs>
3: Tell,
4: Justin so Jr.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Justin Jr. for letting us use his equipment. Justin's uh, his dad's senior, and it's always been that way since birth. That was weird. So well, it, really,
3: it really gets into the, uh, the time travel aspect we've just begun to yeah. get into on this podcast. Thank
2: God. Justin is one of the dudes
3: from the camera. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And then software, I use Audacity to edit free and easy. Yep. Uh, recently, Joe turned me on to Acid Pro 7. Is that what it's called?
5: Uh, I think it's 7. It, they might have 8 out
2: now. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Regardless, uh, it's an Acid Pro, and I got it in a humble bundle. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So. Uh, I used
5: Acid uh, when I was a kid. Uh, and then the program's pretty cool, that too. That makes a lot wow. of sense. <laughs> advanced Advanced. <laughs>
3: Can you well, regale like us sh- with a
6: story I'd from like your a childhood? Out, yes.
1: <laughs> um, I also, when I record my Wolf the Dog parts, I use Reaper, ah. which is really excellent and low priced if you want like a pro quality uh, digital audio workstation.
3: And you're always on acid. And I'm always on acid. <laughs>
1: which really I'm helps. never not
3: on acid. <laughs> We're going to take this moment to shout out microdosing. Microdosing. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> pretending that, uh, to be
5: people that humble bundle that did the uh acid pro uh, they've done that twice now and both times it's been a ton of really great audio programs i'm I very excited
4: Sound to Ford jump into there. it yeah. yeah oh and we have uh colored microphone covers <laughs>
2: mine's orange mine's red mine's green mine's blue and mine's black justin's is black All right. And just another reminder that this episode is going to be our release for the Patreon that we are starting for this podcast to keep us going. So hop on there. We'll put a link up on all the social media sites. If you don't follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we're at PretendingPod on there. And like we said earlier, Crush 36. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Crush 36 created a subreddit for us called r slash pretending to be people.
3: And and in case you need to know the details of the Patreon, what we're going to do is donate one individual donation at the highest level of the NPR like donation level, and then we're going to share the benefits with everyone who subscribes to our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) So $5 (laughs) gets you the max NPR subscriber benefits.
2: We still have to talk to Terry about that. That's our plan right now so hopefully you're all very interested in that Uh, otherwise luke gave a thousand dollars to npr for nothing which that's
4: fine i got some uh i got some socks out of it it was uh, a a uh, mug some socks it was uh do you have a sock pun no i have npr socks that are uh it's calamari shapiro And it's Ari Shapiro's head calamari
3: on a... is squid. Oh, it's, it's not it's made out of. It's okay, cal- I you meant it's calamari
4: hair. Shapiro, and it's Ari Shapiro's head on a squid. It's an actual NPR joke. I actually have those Those socks. are things you
5: actually have, not a yeah. Okay,
2: Bf Evans nineteen asks, "Do you approach playing a recorded session differently than when you play off mic?"
5: And he also asked, uh, "Has there been any aspect of podcasting that has surprised you or been particularly interesting?" And I noticed as soon as we all put on headphones. Uh, we became more respectful of each other's uh storytelling process that's that a great point we, we didn't we didn't uh, jump on each other's uh trains of thought
3: let me just jump much. on that too <laughs> 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 well
5: in the podcast we
4: sometimes we do talk over each other a little bit but not near as much as we would if it was not being recorded.
3: Totally. When everybody else's voice is right in your ears, it is harder to do. And I still notice when I you know when we edit our tracks that we do it a lot. It happens. (laughs) It happens, but the thought process behind it is is very similar though. I I just try to not be an asshole and not always <laughs> succeed, but like, <laughs> but try not to be an asshole to my fellow players. But I, yeah, I it's am, not like I'm we're also your to, best friends. I'm still trying <laughs> to play the game,
4: like yeah. or enjoy the game. But uh, I mean, I, I think that's as far as it goes. like as far as like playing or like making jokes and stuff like that. I don't.
5: Yeah the uh, the, the the bare bones of it are no, there's no difference. We're all yeah. joking with each other and and like make like pushing each other to do funny things. I mean, yeah. the reason
3: we did this is that we thought were great <laughs> you should hear it so. there's
5: a, there's a hella truth to that though that we all we all realized we had something special going on in those sessions well, yeah. we didn't record yeah we just we all, all
3: we super enjoyed it we it all mixed
4: together so, yeah. to play with and you it, guys. it was like the first group i think with all of us that we were like i want to play with this group like as long as i possibly exactly. can speaking yeah. of which
2: uh we also had bf evans 19 ask what are your backgrounds in tabletop gaming which I think we covered a little bit at the very beginning of episode one.
3: But that might be not in everybody's mind. That was
2: a, a while ago. Yeah.
3: So something we might not have covered in that episode, though, actually, is I think almost all of us come to Table Cop Gaming through podcasts. That's what made me want to play these kind of games. Absolutely. Not me, honestly.
5: Yeah, not me either. Uh, definitely me. I, was, uh, I got turned on to it all by Critical Role, and I'm still a huge fan of theirs. Um, yeah, I saw them and... Decided that that was something I wanted to do, and then I mentioned this on the first episode. But Thomas, kind of out of the blue, I don't think you knew that I was watching that. <laughs> asked if I wanted no, no to no, do no, yeah. a D and D game with some fr- mutual friends, and yeah, it was just lucky,
3: serendipitous, and that was
5: 2016. Kind of, oh, I looked it up at the I time. Mean, I think something like that. Yeah,
3: it kind of when role playing was just you know, yeah. it was becoming this very accepted deal, popular. <laughs> we're not, we're not. uh <laughs> Ostracized? Oh, oh, yeah, we're cooler than you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like for me, I I played. I said this in the first episode, but I played D anD D twice in high school. Played it with a guy that was super serious with a group that was not serious. He did not invite us back to play with him, and I uh, always was like, anyone that was playing it, I was like, eh, if you you know have room for somebody, I'll jump in, but most people have like groups that are pretty set up and yeah so i never really had the chance until i met shout out to alex alex uh he invited me to play with you guys i think it was me alex taylor zach and thomas yep. at the time
3: alex is the most handsome man we know he is and we Top wish five. he was still here <laughs> after me Luke, and zach <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and so Jay. i that's all for it. Yeah. yeah and wow. just he's top, top six what wow the absolute fuck. Fuck. Yeah.
4: It, it
1: wasn't
3: and me joe got fucking thrown <laughs> under the bus yeah. i know it was you ugly a, fuck it was just about <laughs> his friends with alex not if you yeah, guys would
2: <laughs> if you guys would like to see pictures of joe or justin you can find them on our instagram at, at @pretendingpot. <laughs>
3: You be the judge. (laughs) Oh, also, if we get to 500 Patreon subscribers, there is a special boudoir picture of
6: Thomas.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. no. This is recently taken and it started my birthday off with a bang. Bang. Uh, Yeah, anyway, (laughs) invited by Alex to play
4: with them. I played uh, one session or one campaign, I guess, with them. Uh, It was super fun. We did it again and then. Now we're doing it again.
2: Yeah, uh, Justin here actually once texted me at 11 p.m. on a weeknight and was like, "Hey, you know that Delta Green thing that I've been talking to you about?" And I'm like, "I'm super down if 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 you'll have me." And uh, he had me. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, he uh, he hit me up and I went over there and we role played. We played a shotgun scenario. Uh, our friend Sam. Ran us through it is the first uh, handler I ever had. Shout Same. out to Sam. Shout out to Sam. Got me into role playing. Uh, Justin invited me over. The two of us played agents and we played through the scenario uh, Last Things Last. That scenario is fucking awesome. And it completely got me kickstarted into this game.
1: Yeah, I uh, I remember getting invited not by Sam actually, but by Tyler, who was living with Sam at the time. Beeman? Uh, no, Tyler. <laughs> uh, Tyler Thrasher doxed. People might know him uh, from Tyler Thrasher art. Personal curiosity.
3: And <laughs> as, as Zach glares at me, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was dead face. I was just resting face to. I I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth, Thomas.
3: How did you get into role playing, Justin? Well,
1: my friend, <laughs> my friend Tyler Thrasher, uh, invited me, and he's actually going to be Demon. My God. God it. <laughs> <laughs> I beam it. Tyler Thrasher beam <laughs> they got married he took his name. Got... <laughs> they hyphenated it uh, he invited me and I did this was maybe a year before I invited Zach and I was super into the idea but I was kind of like eh, I don't know it seems like it can seem impenetrable from the outside like like Luke said people have these groups and you're like I don't know if I'll fit in I don't know what to do it's like there's all these rules and rule books but he made it really accessible and fun, and me and Zach had started hanging out, and I was like, you're going to love this. There's a performative aspect to it, but it has all this like cool like world building and story stuff and all this other stuff, and I just knew Zach would be hopefully super into it. And then that kind of started off a lot of the stuff, which is really interesting.
3: And everything you just described is, to me, the strength of Delta Green over a lot of other role-playing systems- Exactly, and, and also the strength of Zach as a
2: DM is well. I would say mostly the strength of friendship.
3: <laughs> that's what Unite. binds us all together.
2: Because like <laughs> the most fun thing is getting to create this wacky, crazy story with friends, where we don't have to play on the tropes of normal storytelling. Because we don't, at the end of the day, have tons of control over where the story goes. I mean, we roll dice all what do the you time. Mean, we...
3: I could have shown, Rose... and and that's okay. the that's beautiful thing about all role playing. Yes, of.
2: like for instance in the hotel motel Rosemary was going to slit Keith's throat open and Joe rolled a critical success on a persuade and that's what kept her from literally just like murdering Keith right in front of you guys. Keith, say thank you. <laughs> Thanks Joe. I regret it.
5: I regret I it to re- this day.
4: <laughs> well, uh I'll think about that in the future. Well, I mean uh, also I mean j- in the last episode like me shooting at the Kevin and, and missing. missing. It's like that could have Could have gone completely <laughs> everything, different. Yeah. Everything could always turn out different. Like crit success, it's awesome. Absolutely. Crit crit fail. You have something in your mind that you want to do and it's not up to me or to Zach whether it happens. It's up to purely a dice roll another
2: thing like another example would be when you guys asked about julia maxwell in the hospital after her drunk driving incident and i said yeah let me roll for it real quick to see if she's healthy and then rolled a 100 and she's so she died died, (laughs) it completely (laughs) i mean yeah the dice changed the game it's so much people yeah, Pete. I'm getting really fired up about this. I'm tired of people on Twitter saying the dice don't change the game. I understand. They think that we write the scripts ahead of time and then have recorded them and
3: And mostly we do. But that's not for them
2: to say and it's rude that they keep saying it. Okay, let's so what's what's the next
4: question? Rude. It's
2: rude. It's rude. I got a question from Lil Sleepy on Instagram. Zzz. As an important I'm question, sleepy. what is Clark Bishop's favorite Eagles song?
5: Uh, It's got to be Desperado. Desperado. Why don't you
3: come to your senses? You've been out
2: riding fences. Get it, Justin, for so long now. <laughs> Thomas, what do you think Clark Bishop's favorite Eagles song is? Desperado. <laughs> How we're, did you know? <laughs> it's just a hunch. Uh,
4: I think Keith Vigna's favorite Eagles song is uh, Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. <laughs> Canonical. Joe Walsh was in the Eagles, so it's technically an Eagles song. I also played it when we were well, okay. on cocaine earlier
3: in the season. This, this is a little bit the on the spot, but what is, what is your favorite? character's favorite song
5: so i was actually going to bring this up earlier somebody asked about how we craft our characters and for me uh, a lot of times it's trying to think about what music they would listen to and i did not That's do awesome. that for clark so i can't i can't answer this <laughs> easy I, and quick. I never knew you do that for any character yeah then. i love that. my old, a uh,
4: really cool approach what do you think what do you think it would be though like- i don't
5: know i'd have to think about it my old character dash uh was this ex-military guy and i Dove deep into like three doors down, <laughs> and oh. all, these, all those, those bands you hear in military commercials oh, no. to, to get into that character. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
5: wait,
2: tonight <Cryptonite>! yeah! exactly. <laughs> if I were crazy, then...
5: uh, I'm trying to think of what Clark Bishop's favorite song is. It would be something that uh, would show up on an easy listening radio station, it would not be terribly good,
4: <laughs> just like easy listening, serious radio. But I, The, but truth, but also the truth is that
5: radio. I bet Clark doesn't care about music much. I bet yeah. that's not part of his mm. life and he's, his recreation.
2: He's the kind of guy who says, oh, I don't really care for music. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. What do you I mean? Hear it, I hear it when I hear it. He's <laughs> more of a podcast
3: guy. <laughs> so I, I really like that you think of um, what your character would listen to before you create it. And John Lee Pettymore was not created like that at all, but he is... Named after the Steve Earle song, Copperhead Road. Uh, the very first line in that song is, My, name my name's John, John Lee Pettymore,
2: uh, same as uh, my daddy and my daddy before. My name, baby, and
3: I, I, missed, I constantly over the recording of this got mistaken whether or not it should be John Lee Pettymore the third or the fourth. He's both. canonically with the song, it should be the fourth.
2: All right. Well, from that's, here on out.
3: John Lee Pettymore's musical uh, background. And that is also a song John Lee Pettymore would love. So.
2: Yeah, right. So you're the fourth now, right? You're like you've the always fourth. been the fourth?
3: I I'm pretty sure it started out as the fourth and I switched to the third fucking shit up. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully it's not a huge deal. Keiths
4: would be uh his favorite genre of music is what can he sing at karaoke? Uh, so he likes Cheeseburger in Paradise. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, he loves the Doobie Brothers. Pretty much any, any uh, like, Yacht Rock he's really into. But yeah, I would say Cheeseburger in Paradise, probably Keith's. And then I want to ask, what would Wolf the Dog's favorite song be? <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's obvious.
4: I think I know what it is. <laughs> It's Kudzu. It's Kudzu with Is no background. Are you no sure?
5: I, think <laughs> I don't think he to...
1: likes it very much. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's his purgatory. That's his yeah. yeah. premiere. I, I imagine yeah. Wolf the Dog sits wow. in a corner and just listens to a low hum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, he t- and he just turns on whenever like the radio signals
4: are activated.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: also, shout out to Kudzu. If you, if you haven't gone and listened to them on Bandcamp yeah. or they on Spotify should, now, too. Oh, shit. Sp- Spotify and Bandcamp. Go Check listen to Kazoo Katsu. Out. They have more songs than No Backbone, and they have better songs than No Backbone,
2: honestly. Oh.
3: Almost all those songs are better than No Backbone. <laughs> we, but
2: ours is just a... <laughs> we picked the worst one. Yeah, the ours worst is one. just good for a podcast. I told them, I don't care that you think it's the worst. I'm going to use it as the theme song. And they said, no, please take one of our other songs. You all sh-
3: this stuff is way more jazzy, funky. It's a little... <laughs> They're a pop-punk just- band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little jazz trio named Kudzu. Kudzu. <laughs> No, but go check them out. They're they're great. They are amazing. One of the best bands out of a a really great town for local music. Absolutely, we do have a lot of a uh,
4: great great bands out of here. We will mention them later on in the podcast. To
2: <laughs> so guys, I uh, thank you for listening to this Q and a episode. Basically, this is our announcement for the Patreon that we're going to do to keep the show alive. Uh, we really
3: want to keep the show. alive. Yeah,
2: we're we're really happy doing it. We really enjoy doing it. And you know, if we don't make it, that's fine. Uh we'll just keep recording and I'll send all the edits to uh to the boys and we'll have a really fun home game. <laughs> with lots of cool Uh so with Woof. Woof the dog. <laughs> oh. Uh, So with all that being said, we did say this was a recap episode and we did do some recapping within answering some of the questions. We did some spoilies and whatnot, but I am here today to finish this episode with a full recap of everything. Maybe not quite everything, but everything that's happened in the show so far. Keith Vigna wears large pants. He wears suspenders as well as a belt. Drew has lots of gum showing, like his top lip is receding. Dogs are howling in the old neighborhood. It's the chief's birthday. Drew bought her a yellow journal. Now you have all three colors. Clark got her a box of chocolates. John gives her two-thirds full bottle of cheap bourbon. Keith Vigna didn't get the chief a birthday present. She did, however, receive a box with a single rose, a white hard hat, and a black silk bow tie before leaving town.
3: I'm, I'm so sorry. Is it going to be this detailed? The no, it's time? absolutely
2: not. Julie Maxwell called in to report a dead body at the Piston Junkyard and then crashed her car driving drunk and was pronounced dead at the city hospital. The body found at the Piston Junkyard had a brand on the back reading, This is a fool. Councilwoman Carrie Page's dog is missing and... She is pissed. Jimmy Sanders saw an oil spill while tripping on mushrooms. Mildred Mitchell, that old kooky pothead, saw a bright flash of light from across the street in John Peters' house. John Peters is missing. hurdy had a farmer. Lo- God damn it! Hurdy had a long. That's stand. the one. Wait, God, that's the yeah. one thing we didn't such address. A bummer. We I, didn't mean to do that. I completely forgot. I haven't listened to Night in so long, but that's my bad. Is just. Conscious, subconscious, weird thing. My bad. Sorry, I made a plain ass name. John Peters is missing. Heard he had a long stay in the hospital a couple years ago. Two people came to John Peters house, packed a trunk into their white Toyota and took off. The officers went to Chief Maggie Cook's house. She wasn't there. They went to Clinker's, the bar run by Harry Clinker with a daycare in the back. When Keith was a child, he liked cut up hot dogs on white bread. Julie Maxwell had a restraining order put out against Leo Piston back 15 years ago for killing her sister, Ashley. John found the chief's blue notebook, but her red and yellow notebooks were missing. Some idiot at the city hospital fucked up and put Julie Maxwell in the morgue. She came to and started screaming. County said that the body from the junkyard had the organs of someone who died 200 years ago but the skin and hair of someone who died yesterday. Charles, a drunk man and friend of the missing John Peters, went to the police station to get answers before pulling a gun and running away upon hearing the sound of a car crash in the parking lot. Kathy Piston shot Keith Vigna in the foot. He snooped around her property until trying to stow away on her school bus full of homeless people. He heard himself falling from the emergency hatch (laughs) in the back. John Lee Pettimore seems to believe some (laughs) hooded robot man gave him a message. The crash in the police station parking lot was a stolen, black SUV T-boning George Piston's truck while it sat parked in the police station lot. Julie Maxwell, back from the dead, kidnapped Leo Piston and took him to Splashylvania. She shot Leo Piston at the top of the two-fanged plunge. Officer Clark Bishop then shot and killed Julie Maxwell. The two bodies were slammed into the ground by an unseen force before disappearing. Officer John Lee Pettimore took a weird picture of the missing John Peters. Drew Andrews, upstanding citizen and police station secretary, translated the binary that the hooded robot man <laughs> gave John. It said... I killed the chief's pops, John. Keith is in a wheelchair. The officers broke into John Peter's storage units and found lots of things. One thing they found was so smelly, they decided not to open it until back at the station because they wanted the station to smell bad. They took everything back to the station in a U-Haul. In the nasty plastic trunk, a woman's head split in half with a small sphere in the middle sat upon what was likely her own chopped up body. John pocketed it. The officers went to the woods, found a patch of land that had been burned to the ground, realized. As they were being watched, freaked out, wrecked the four wheeler, ran into trees, and overall just super fucked up, including Clark flying a drone into himself. Whoops. Ooh. Then they went to Julie Maxwell's, wore her taxidermy, found a circled Yellow Pages ad for Dr. Marie Jacobs and a receipt from Forgotten Treasures, a local flea market. They went to Forgotten Treasures and found the camera Julie Maxwell purchased was from Mildred Mitchell's booth. They went to Mildred's house. She didn't know about the items recently sold at her booth. She assumes her granddaughter, Tildy B. Mitchell, was selling things at her booth. Tildy B. Mitchell came downstairs, freaked out when she saw cops, and ran into her room. But when Clark busted in, Tildy B. pointed the strange gun at him and then disappeared in a massive flash of light.
3: Is it realistic that Tilde B was selling the things at a flea market and not on Etsy?
2: They went to Forgotten Treasures and bullied the nice lady there until she put her own life in danger by telling the cops about the drunk man who threatened her. Upon leaving, the white Toyota they had been searching for peeled out onto the road. After a short, dangerous pursuit, Keith Vigna gunned down Charles Donovan, John Lee Pettymore, fired warning shots into the air as well as Clark's tires, and they found a bald man tied up in the trunk. Keith took the ambulance with the unconscious bald man to the clinic. Officers Bishop and Pettymore headed to the suburbs to chat with Dr. Marie Jacobs when they saw an unkempt man who we now know as James the Millworker, frantically vacuuming his lawn. This ended in tragedy. But Clark, John, and James all made it out with their lives. Our brave and heroic contention police officer, Keith Vigno, was made unconscious by Billy Harrison, the Hell man yeah. found tied up in the trunk of Charles Donovan, the drunk who threatened the woman at Forgotten Treasures, both of which told officers they were friends of John Peter's. Dr. Marie Jacobs seemed to be up to no good. Officers Bishop and Pettymore found man-sized fecal matter in the litter box, and the doctor yelled, prompting something to begin running up the stairs from the basement the talented and beloved contention police officer Keith Vigna found himself sans uniform, weapon, and cruiser at the clinic he had to call his partners to pick him up meanwhile officers Bishop and Pettymore detained Dr. Marie Jacobs and her blood-covered husband Doug Jacobs in a cell at the contention police department Officer Vigna and the two other idiots busted into the deceased Charles' room at Hotel Motel guns dropped Braun and San's Warrant. There they found a woman dressed similarly to her favorite TV character, the Fonz. The woman we now know as Rosemary whipped a knife out at Officer Vigna after these so-called peacekeepers pulled their guns out. The party had Rosemary pinned down until the brilliant Keith Vigna engaged her in hand-to-hand combat resulting in a hostage situation for the copper. Vigna, an officer of the law, proceeded to brag about killing her co-worker, but the sweet-talking Officer Bishop managed <laughs> to keep her from killing him there on the spot. When the old, wiry lady made a run for it over the railing and into the parking lot, all three officers unloaded their weapons from the second floor corridor, bringing her down before she could get into her vehicle. The officers patched her up and sent her to the hospital with Lauren, the only decent officer left in contention. The officers planned a sting operation to catch Billy Harrison, the stranger running about contention, who's wearing an official police uniform. The sting operation was actually a good idea, but the FBI was watching instead in on the whole thing. Agents Kennedy and McKinley were in town looking for a black Nike bag with nothing in it. The federal agents have agreed to meet the contention squad tomorrow morning, December 4th, at the police department. When the party met up at the station to figure out what to do with their illegal seizures, Drew was uncommonly not at his desk, replaced instead by a note telling them he went to the chief's house. Officers Bishop and Pettymore hauled off the undocumented loot to their individual residences while Keith went to the chief's house to check on Drew. Officers Bishop and Pettymore were soon called to the chief's house after it had exploded, leaving the unconscious Officer Vigna Andrew Andrews on the cold yard. That explosion also left behind the burned bodies of Harold Dorsey, Chief Maggie Cook, and an unkempt man with a bullet hole in his head and his face in a pile of foot meat. That man we now know as James the Millworker. Officer Bishop learned that the chief's car had been in the mill on the other side of the city since the night of December 1st. The county coroner reports that during the investigation of an active crime scene, Officer John Lee Pettimore of contention slipped and shoved a possible murder weapon into the eye socket of the deceased chief Maggie Cook, fumbling and digging around atrociously as the charred bones themselves began to crumble to no longer be a part of the situation. No. (laughs) (laughs) Officer Vigna broke into Officer Pettimore's house to find some cocaine for personal use this is cocaine they stole from a storage unit after finding the key at the home of a missing person, that missing person being John Peters. The fire at the city hospital has now claimed the lives of more than 20 individuals. The names of the deceased are not yet being released. More importantly, however, the officers take a while to order breakfast, finally deciding on Bishop's big bean <laughs> breakfast from Beans on
5: Beans. Role play.
2: The officers are also dealing with a situation where an Officer Bishop seems to be in more than one place at a time. He has no recollection Bubble of this. Tree. <laughs> the FBI agents come in, use the Nike bag by dropping in a small silver sphere, making sure not to touch it, and then recruit the officers into some unknown organization by giving them a phone number and telling them to eliminate the threat. And it's keep it all, all out of the news
3: probably fine <laughs> <laughs> flashback
2: clark found himself locked in the public library with gerald fingerson as the sky turned completely dark the doors were locked by a cloaked figure who began chasing after a tall man in a suit that sadly was not the worst of it because clark got back home only to find his reality shattering eventually remembering the confession of the woman who killed his parents Back in current times, the officers went to the Daily. Pho after Gary Daly called in to report information about the chief's disappearance, they learned the chief arrived to her home accompanied by James the Millworker and another man who held them at gunpoint. The gunman was in all black and had a scar over his eye. Gary Daly saw this man because he was following Harold Dorsey, the rider from the city who took Drew to the chief's home the officers, always utilizing their time efficiently, spent a while asking Gary Daly about the art he has hanging in his restaurant.
3: Okay. That that was relevant.
2: John (laughs) Lee and Don D. Pettymore... Gave us a glimpse into the accident that propelled John into a life of civic duty. They were chased by a couple of giant, gaunt, suited men that seemed to vanish when the pair of Pettymores came across John's nemesis, Large Eddie, roughing up Don's car in the parking lot. My the altercation ended with a deliriously concussed John Lee Pettymore seeing his second cousin father figure scorch Large Eddie's fist with only his hand. Back in the current timeline, the officers went to the First Church of Contention, which was hosting a lunch for anyone who needed it, made by the pastor's wife and children. Yum! And served by the youth group. The officers, well, Keith, broke into Pastor Adam Kane's office, stole the motorcycle helmet he bought from Mildred Mitchell's booth at Forgotten Treasures, and learned that he is working on legislation to allow motorcyclists to ride without helmets. Turns out, maybe Keith is a monster to be around because his dad was a dick who clearly preferred Keith's older brother, Ferguson. Or he's played by Luke. That's not an excuse. <laughs> Officer Vigna is the worst person in contention. While playing on their family sprawling estate, Keith and Ferguson heard the sirens blaring as strange gaunt men in suits appeared to fall from the sky and were shot down by the Beans' personal security. Later that night, William Beans gave Ferguson a watch and told him about a prophecy that says he will save the world back in whatever year it is now the officers took the pastor's helmet to the police station and locked it up with the other items from the booth at forgotten treasures the light on the camera was green so john took a picture of keith outside the station unsurprisingly the keith was not of keith
3: the
2: The picture was not of keith but of two men in a strange room that lacked color do you mean a keith I mean a Keith of Keith. That wasn't of Keith. It was a Keith. On the way to the mill on the other side of the city, John saw something strange in the sky causing a fiery three-car wreck on the main longitudinal drag of contention. A minivan was run off the road by Officer Pettymore, a former teen sprint car racer who was banned from the circuit after an accident that left multiple bystanders hospitalized. The minivan flipped... (laughs) Okay,
3: that's incomplete.
2: The minivan flipped and caught fire. (laughs) Officer Bishop pulled a young boy from the fiery wreckage. The boy is at the clinic in critical condition. The minivan then combusted, killing the driver and other passenger who were both trapped in the vehicle. Officer Vigna made it out with a concussion, a broken nose, and the memories of a particularly traumatic childhood Christmas. (laughs) A vocal group of the contention population are protesting and letting these officers know how they feel. Drew apologized to the officers for not passing along critical information like calls about missing persons, animals in the ponds and creeks, and a voicemail from the feds. Doug, Dr. Marie Jacobs' husband, who's currently inhabiting the body of their cat Salem, showed the officers the animals are hiding in the water because of the oily substance, the oil, the ooze, the goo, cannot get them in the ponds and creeks. Randy angst, dentist, estate salesman, and historical society member, also lover, reveals some interesting information (laughs) to the officers about the picture from the odd camera John found in Julie Maxwell's car, as well as about Cole's orphanage. In James the millworker's house, they found a cache of guns hidden under the coffee table, a bunch of cleaning supplies and random materials, and a small enclave behind an oil painting of a rose, a few loose tiles in the kitchen where something buried has been dragged out, and a 12-foot deep pit under a trap door with two corpses and an officer sir clark bishop at the bottom i always am a heavy artillery weapon is being fired into the house from the front yard then we had combat from the time the Robot Man blasted the door from its frame, to when the Robot Man almost cut Officer Bishop's arm off, to when the Robot Man froze at the command of Officer Pettymore, to when the Robot Man's torso flew out the window, gripping the throat of Officer Vigna. Skyrockets in flight, baby. Tell me or my got Thank Beans he poked that Terminator top in the eye just in time to escape before the metal fella exploded like fireworks earlier in the evening. The officers then clean themselves up after fighting a large robot man with feelings, perhaps. Keith Vigna found a single piece of Keith Vigna found a single piece of music called the rise of the end in the bench of the stringless piano. Clark Bishop found in the flipped over coffee table blueprints for calm, comfy campground, a suspiciously planned out set of seven buildings, six encircling a large one in the center that sits on Lake calm. A similar design was found drawn on a piece of paper in the pocket of one of the two corpses they found in the pit under the trap door that Bishop fell into. Standing in James the millworker's house, the officers remember that he died in Chief Maggie Cook's house with a bullet in his head, face down, in a plate of foot meat. They also remember the contents of the present that she received from an unknown source the night she took off. The red rose, the white hard hat, and the black silk bow tie, all of which were present in this home in a painting on a suit of armor and worn by a statue. Respectively, after undressing the bottom half of the still standing robot man the gang finds a logo on the smooth pelvic area it is an m made out of four double helices they voted and decided to store the legs in keith's cruiser trunk keith's cruiser's trunk After Officers Bishop and Vigna had the most uncomfortable dinner since The Last Supper, some really plot-heavy shit went down. Keith Vigna was approached by his niece, Frances Beans. Upon accepting her proposal, the two are driving east, away from contention. John Lee Pettymore and Drew Andrews bonded over a shared fortune after a smooth transaction, and Clark Bishop saw an impossibility out of his own window and then woke up in an unfamiliar place with an unfamiliar face. Officer Keith Vigna convinced a woman to murder Ferguson, his handsome and well-dressed brother, He then murdered that woman and stole the watch that was passed down from William Beans off of Fergie's corpse. Then he laid in his bed at Hotel Motel. Officer John Lee Pettymore and Drew Andrews were being held hostage by Rose Mary, who works for Marvin Glass, after she killed two of the Pettymore cousins. Clark Bishop was inducted into the Circle of Knowledge there, he ran into a mysterious woman from his past. Clark then headed back to contention in a cab from the mill on the other side of the city. The officers met back at the contention police station early in the morning of December 5th along with Drew and their new partner in crime, Rosemary, an actual member of the Glass Crime family in the station. An FBI agent named Trent Chad was sorting through contention's paperwork. Clark shot him with a dart and Agent Trent Chad became very impressionable. With Agent oh. Trent Chad's newfound play of the officers worked out ways in order to convince the public as well as the feds that the local authorities have everything under control and contention The officers found their cells holding dr. Marie Jacobs and her catman to be empty Upon checking the security footage They confirmed the black who slammed the two jailbirds into the ground of their cells before disappearing entirely Keith blurted out that the camera will be ready to use at 1 p.m They checked the evidence room and saw a single green light beaming from the old glass tube covered radio The officers grab the strange gun and camera and head off to the city with Doug, who is in the body of Agent Trent Chad. Rosemary is driving separately. There's a severe lack of traffic and human life in contention. The town is loud, though, with plenty of animals filling up the ponds and creeks. The officers stock up on weapons and throw on body armor at Clock Bishop's house. Keith brings his very small, very powerful gun. On the way, they call Harry Clinker and basically tell him everything that's been happening. Harry says Gary didn't come home last night. Pettymore asks if he's been acting weirder than normal. Harry says not really, but that he's been meeting with his group more often than usual. Harry clarifies that it's a group of spiritualists and metaphysics thinkers, including Gary, Dr. Murray Jacobs, and Mildred Mitchell. They call Gary... Dar- <laughs> They call Gary Daly, and Gary says he's hanging out with Mildred Mitchell. Hanging out with Mildred It would have Mitch- been
3: way better if they were Harry and Gary Derry. <laughs> Gary
2: Derry. Harry Gary Derry. They call Gary Daly, and Gary says he's hanging out with Mildred Mitchell at her house. Says that she's having a bit of a breakdown. Gary describes the group as a.
6: <laughs>
4: Sorry. <laughs> Vape break, bro. <coughs> I'm good.
2: They call Gary Daly, and Gary says he's hanging out with Mildred Mitchell at her house. Says that she's having a bit of a breakdown. Gary describes the group as a sorcerer's guild. Gary says it's been <laughs> years since they'd sorcered anything. Harry Potter fan Jesus.
1: <laughs> Dude, keep coughing, you'll get higher, bro.
3: <laughs> you, you don't cough, cough those do up. Wait, wait, you you don't have your pen in here, do you?
2: He also mentions (laughs) Carrie Pages, who got the protesters all riled up. She might have had something going on, and she had a lot of power. Clark worries that this is all his fault since he couldn't find her dog. Gary mentions that Mildred <laughs> keeps staring at a picture that she thinks somehow changed. It's a picture of the founders of the town, and she is dead certain that Silas Cole looks different than he did before. Gary thinks he looks the exact same. Mildred keeps saying he's not as attractive as he used to be, and now he's dumber looking? She also says that in a reflection in a piece of glass in the picture is Tildy B. Mitchell. Pettymore asks if Gary would describe his grandfather as a wizard. Gary says definitely. And Gary explains further. That Gary was always afraid to let them know as he thought it might have some sort of reaction. Gary's grandfather gave him a book and it had three pages left in it. And he was to read those pages after tearing them out of the book and then spill bl- and then spill blood. Swoop. upon, And then spill <laughs> <and> then, splo- <laughs> and then bl- all over your head. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> He was then to spill blood upon your heads. Uh, When Gary did that, the words danced like magic on the page and came off like sparks. It was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. It surrounded you guys in this light, and he did it because the three of them are the key to everything. Gary only knows that he'd done his part, and the rest was up to them. Gary's grandfather didn't tell him exactly what happened, but that, quote, fortune would be on your side. As the phone call comes to a close, Gary mentions that Mildred hates you guys, and you should probably avoid her. They get to the city, and Rosemary leads them into a parking garage below a massive skyscraper. There's an elevator door, and John Lee Pettymore, Keith Vigna, and Clark Bishop get into the elevator. The wall on the other side of the black onyx-walled elevator opens into a dark room. The boys walk in, and the door behind them shuts. <laughs> Noise!
3: Hell yeah.
2: There, they meet Marvin Glass. Some wait, 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 wait,
3: How many of you can make yourself burp?
2: Nobody? Everyone's breathe. shaking their head now. <laughs> oh my god, that's disgusting. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I don't like that.
3: You love it. This is good content.
2: If you guys don't subscribe to the Patreon, then that you... will continue. <laughs> <laughs> There they meet Marvin Glass, someone with a massive frame. It is completely gaunt, no muscle or fat, skin stretched across long bones. They're in a fitted black tuxedo, and the spotlight shows off a bright red bow tie and only reaches to illuminate the lower half of that person's face. The skin on the chin is almost translucent with no hair. It has two thin, bright red lips. Not even quite lips at all, just red lipstick encircling a round hole above the sharp chin. And he says... (laughs) I'm so sorry, but real
3: quick. In an episode of 30 Rock, Jonathan says to Liz, Your mouth looks like somebody kicked a hole in a bag of flour. (laughs) God, that's incredible. All right. Anyway,
2: Uh, he basically uh, accuses. John Lee Pettymore of buying lost cocaine off of Ferguson beans. Um, Yeah. And, uh, there is, uh, there's some confusion over Rosemary's obsession with getting the gun. Um, Marvin glass also says, uh, that it's good to see Keith, you know, everyone's favorite fuck up that he hired to murder his own brother. And Keith denies, but I uh, deny. I deny both of those things. Yeah, yeah. uh, Gas then fills the room, and all the officers fall unconscious. I trust my fellow officers. They're stupid. They. As I up... hope they trust me. <laughs> you guys woke up in metal cages hanging from the ceiling and outlined the smoky, dimly lit room. There are three other cages next to yours, each inhibited, each inhabited by a person stripped down to their underwear. Okay, I wrote way too much for this.
3: Yeah, this one can be clear. It, it's going back to how the first one was. Yeah, it is. I've had a theory about why Rosemary was so to that gun for so long now. We
2: can <laughs> talk about like it off s- mic after Six months. <laughs> <laughs> don't, talk at, Adam, don't talk off mic. Um, I'm, I'm just at tell, all. I'm just talking to you. <laughs> 15 feet below is a crowd of 20 or so fancily clad individuals, each parking in... S- nope. This is too much <laughs>
3: Yep. Way to too say, much. This That's way That's how you described it to us in the Because all episode. the other yeah. stuff was
2: very concise. Yeah. This
3: is
5: also going to be the one that they just listened to. Oh, exactly.
2: yeah. Okay. And then you guys got
5: it from there.
3: <laughs> what? Well, okay. we. Dude, do, do better than that.
5: <laughs> Zach, that was good. Do you want to record it? <laughs> uh Yeah. I think on this... <laughs>
3: Okay, I think that joke. was a really that was a really solid run through. Yeah,
2: let's and then lay one down. And then the episode last week happened, and you guys are caught up uh, to what's happening right now. Um so thanks for joining us for this QA and recap episode of Pretending to Be People. We'll be back next Monday with your regularly scheduled programming that Wolf the Dog just loves giving to you every week. And um I will say we did have one other question that asked uh, if we've played any interesting systems other than Delta Green and Pulp Cthulhu. And uh, we have plenty of other questions to answer, too. And we're going to get to all those on our first Patreon-only episode uh, that will come out next month. So look forward to that. If you want the bonus content, we got we to gotta
4: get
3: the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you if you want the tent, give us the poles, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Thank you so much to pretending to be people for that sweet, sweet content. And welcome back to 694.2 PTBP, contention's newest and only radio station. If you would like to hear more behind-the-scenes content like you just heard, or if you just want this show to continue, click on over to patreon.com pretendingpod and become an honorary police officer. If you have questions for any of the fine people on that show, send them to at pretendingpod on Twitter or Instagram or post them on our Facebook page, or the subreddit, or email them to pretendingpod at or go all out, record audio of you asking your question, and send that so they can use it in the episode. We've been having some difficulties with the switchboard down here, so, uh, I'm gonna have to premiere a brand new song for y'all this week. Here, with a certified banger so hot that when it slaps, it sears its kudzu with no back.